Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's good Tuesday morning, and as you just heard, it isn't a great Tuesday morning. For KP, Kristaps Porzingis, Key is rocking out. The Mavs superstar ejected in Ludacris. his very first NBA playoff game. Ludicrous. A lot of people, including Jay Wells, said it was soft. You heard Jay Reynolds say it there as we were coming in. Our colleague, LeBron, absolutely pounding the officials for making that call. And so was Dirk Nowitzki, the all-time Mavs great. With that, we welcome you inside. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin, represented yep. by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line in the 8 a.m. Eastern Hour. You're a big college hoops guy, Jay. Coach Cal and Coach K will be here. Well, a, look, hold on before you the, even The go. question was referenced towards me. No, How no, are you just going to go ahead and take the hold question? On. You didn't get the memo. What's the memo? Oh. Gray shirts, black <laughs> pants. Yeah, you're, right? not, you're not here. You guys didn't get the memo. Accountant look day two. <laughs> I feel like that's a consistent theme. These guys are killing me on day one because of my wardrobe. If you're watching here on ESPN2 this morning. Bottom line, last night we were all watching the NBA. And as we mentioned, big spot for the Mavericks. They lose. Questionable call. It was the second technical on Porzingis. We just mentioned it off the top. LeBron weighed in, said it was ticky-tack. You had Dirk, as I mentioned, the all-time Mavs legend, saying the same thing. What do you guys think about it before we hear from KP himself? It was ticky-tack. They, they're completely right. He went to defend his teammate, basically. <laughs> and, you know, in the NBA, they're not going to do any real fighting. They're just going to get in each other's face, a few pushes here and there, and that's pretty much it. He just letting him know you're not going to do that to my teammate. He came to his defense, which he should. Now, look, the, the first technical foul that Porzingis got, uh, you can debate that, okay? Because I, I thought it was a legitimate block. I thought it was clean. It, it tempers flare up. I, I hear what people are talking about. But the referees at this point of the game, when you have the Dallas Mavericks key versus this team, the Clippers, yes. this is how the Clippers operate. They get under your skin. Morris holds him. It gets Luka a little bit flamed up. Porzingis has the right to defend his teammate. And he, he wasn't really, and he wasn't really even defending him to the level, Jay, where you felt threatened. It wasn't one of those deals. He stepped in between two guys, and I don't know the words that he uttered, but whatever that was, no punches was thrown. He didn't cock back at him. So what's the point of ejecting a guy, especially one of your top 25 stars in the NBA? All I'm saying is as a fan, I want to see a team that a lot of fans don't know who the third best player on the Mavericks are. Right? A lot of fans don't know who the third best player on the – can you tell me who the third best player in the Mavericks is, Key? No, I just looked at the sky. I was I trying to think. Exactly I was like – So you can't take – one of the two best players on this team, you can't take them out of the game against a star-studded Clippers well, team. Maybe, well, maybe the NBA, you tell me. I didn't play in the NBA. Oh, you're about to say it. What am what I about to say? You're about to say something <laughs> like there's some kind of conspiracy. That's what I was about to I, say. I, I maybe, maybe they want to see this clash with the Lakers and the Clippers. or so. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We, here's what poor Zingas said after the game, essentially regretting that he wasn't more measured. I understand. I understand. We we got into it a little bit, and uh, can't hear myself. I, I saw him getting into Lucas' face, and I didn't like that. That's why I reacted. And and um, but yeah, that's a that's a smart smart thing to do from their part. Uh, I just got to be smarter and control my emotions uh, next time, especially on the first one. I understand the second one, but the first one, um, even though I felt like it was a clean block, uh, they're probably going to call that tech for throwing a hand every time. So. Uh, I just got to be smart and, and, and not let the, my emotions get the better of me. So here's my thing. That is the right thing to say. 
Everybody who is a basketball purist recognized that Porzingis has to be smart in that type of situation. But watch this. Marcus Morris puts his head on the head of Luka Doncic. I'm okay psychologically. Porzingis coming over to a guy that delivers a filet mignon on a platter to me. Every possession makes me look incredible. Every possession, I am going to defend him, even if it's psychologically. And I think that's big for the Clippers because they need to see that because they will test you. You know what Morris does. You know what Patrick Beverly does. You know what Kawhi does. Lou Will, they do it every game. That's how they beat you. They beat you over a series of games by psychologically making you feel smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's your fault. You you, you need to know your opponent. They need to know that – this is how the Clippers operate. You got Marcus Morris. You know, you know what he's there for. You know what I'm saying? He's there to intimidate to a degree. And you can't allow that to happen. It happens all over sports, whether you get a big closer in baseball coming down at you at 100 miles an hour, whether you get a tough guy in football cheap shotting you, you're going to get this sort of behavior from the Clippers. And it, hey, at the end of the day, this is how they win. They play good basketball, but they let you know exactly who they are. And if you want to be a part of it and you want to try to win, you've got to match that intensity pat for pat. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti with you. A fresh look is brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season at Sport Clips Haircuts. All stylists are clean certified and guys smart. How about a fresh perspective? So we just heard from Porzingis. Steve Javi, who Jay, you know, has officiated mm-hmm. more than 1,000 NBA games, has been an official in the league for 20-plus years before joining ESPN, essentially said, no matter what you think, he's going to back his boys. He said the refs made the right call. Believe me, they know that he had a technical foul already, and the one thing they're trying to do is prevent the ejection. He came into this situation here and this altercation not as a peacemaker at all. He actually escalated the situation and had, has to be held responsible for his actions. Players know when they have a technical foul, they should know that anything that happens afterwards, they're ejected with another technical foul. I truly believe that if he didn't come in as an escalator, there would have been no technical fouls whatsoever in that situation. Key, you ain't buying that. I saw you kind of smirk Well, there. because it's not really an escalator. It just he, he, he walked in between the guy, and then once everybody started pushing and pushing, it looks weird. It looks like he's there to really start a fight when he's really just trying to get in between them to let them know you're not going to treat us this way. We're not having it. Again, no punches thrown. At all. So why would you eject him? Like, come on. We're talking about the playoffs, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the playoffs. To not think that you wouldn't have some kind of heightened escalation in the playoffs. Like, this is what basketball is about. This is what fans want to see. I want to see Porzingis on the floor in the fourth quarter after Luka blows up and have a legitimate chance to win. And by the way, Morris is the one that threw the first shove. So, yeah, Porzingis really, came. But it was really a blow, though, right? No, Jay, that's what I'm saying, Key. Push. That's exactly my point. So, you know what you do? You, de- you de-escalate the situation, and you say, okay, you know what? No call. No call here. No Let's call. Let's just keep playing. No call. Keep playing. I'm glad you mentioned Luca because everything has been overshadowed by this whole thing with Porzingis. The fact that the Clippers are in their 50th year of basketball. They look like they could maybe make the Western Conference Finals yeah. for the first time in their history. There are all these storylines, but Jay, it overshadowed what you said. I don't know how you could have a quiet 42 points in your very first NBA playoff game, but that's what Luca did at the age of 21. 42 points, the most in NBA history by a player in his playoff debut. Alaska 
Bassett comes in a loss. But this is a guy, I can't believe we've been on the air here for eight minutes. He had balled out the way nobody ever has in their NBA playoff debut, and we're finally getting to it. I got a question for you guys both. The only player at age of 21 or younger to score more points in a playoff game than Luka is who? Wow. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't even try to. Magic Johnson? LeBron James. LeBron wow. James. LeBron James. So all I'm saying Obviously, in the volume of defenders that the Clippers have to throw on Luka, like that's the thing that's challenging from Patrick Beverly to Lou Williams to Reggie Jackson to Paul George to Kawhi Leonard, and he had 40-plus points last night. But, that goes to show you how special of a player he is. That's what I was going to say, but you know how special he is and how real he is as a hoopster, right? You don't, you don't worry about if you if he's on your team, you don't worry about the lights being too bright and the moment being too big. For a guy like this, you could clearly see it. Like you just said, all the defenders they could throw at you, but I'm still out there cooking. Luca's not there yet. He's six right now on my list, mm-hmm. but he's on the verge of cracking top five in the NBA. Wow. He's on the verge of cracking the top five in the NBA. Within a year, he'll be there, right? I mean, he's on his way. If he keeps playing at this high of a level, I mean, having a triple-double a couple of nights ago, he's playing at – one of the best levels we've ever seen. That is one of the most impressive triple-doubles we had ever seen, the one he most recently had, and I'm glad you mentioned triple-double. At the age of 21 years old, Luka Doncic led the NBA in triple-doubles. Still to come more hoops, the defending champ started their title defense, but why does it feel like the Raptors championship was from a prehistoric time? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
get you caught up. Major League Baseball, Corey and Kyle Seeger becoming the first brothers since 01 to homer in the same game. Corey, the Dodgers shortstop, hit a three-run blast in the bottom of the second. Kyle, the Mariners' third baseman, followed with a solo shot. Get out! In the third. Key's watching to get out, by the way, on ESPN News right now, if you want to <laughs> toot on over. Corey and the Dodgers over Kyle and the Mariners, 11-9. Mom and Dad were watching on the local broadcast, too. They were kind of Skyping in. It was really awesome to see. Proud Papa, proud Mama. The fall football schedule announced yesterday. In the SEC, highlights of their slate include Georgia and Alabama at Bryant-Denny. First regular season matchup between those two powerhouses in T-Town since 07. Alabama-LSU, November Mm. 14th in Baton Rouge. The Bayou Bengals haven't beaten the Tide at home in a decade. And in the NBA, Gordon Hayward sprained his ankle. Man, he's if it wasn't for bad luck, Gordon would have no luck at all. Boston over the Sixers. We'll talk about that in a second. 109-101. They're up 1-0. Woj and Armalika Andrews after the game saying Hayward would have an MRI. We'll wait for the, Get the latest mail. on that. Four playoff games today. It'll kick off with the Magic and the Bucks at 1.30 Eastern time. We'll see if this is the year for Giannis and a reminder, A to Z brought to you by Redbox. Don't miss the Redbox 15K summer sweepstakes. Rent or buy any Sony movie for a chance to win. No purchase necessary for official rules and to learn more, including free entry via email. Visit redbox.com slash 15K sweeps. We mentioned yesterday on our very first show, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti here on ESPN you Radio. You almost my last name. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, that almost Johnson happened. isn't that common of a name. Neither is Williams. How can I get those two wrong and get Mahenti right? But uh, it's one of those things that we talked about yesterday. This is... Our show, meaning not just us three and the men and women that make it happen, the community. If you're out there listening, we want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And what we're posing this morning is who are the NBA's defending champs? Is it the Raptors, who forever will be the 2019 champions, or the guy that eventually will have a statue outside of their arena in Toronto? Of course, that would be... Kawhi Leonard. He might have multiple statues outside multiple arenas. He wins it this year. That'll three, be three chips with three different teams if he wins it this year and three finals MVPs if he gets it done again. Three finals MVPs has never been done with three different teams. LeBron, Keys, Lakers are also angling to have that statistic mm-hmm. and keep in mind Kawhi would still be in the prime of his career. LeBron wins, he's 35. Kawhi, three titles, three teams, prime of his career. And he can re-up in another year with the Clippers and you know Bomber would back up the Brinks truck for him. So hit us up. 888-729-377 Seven, six. Makes you sick to your stomach, doesn't it? <laughs> no, 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 just no. Makes you you sick. Got, no, I'm just. I'm, the reason I, no, the re- I'm shaking my head because of Bomber. I'm just sitting there, and I was looking the other day. I was actually looking at the Forbes thing, and it was just riches and a whole deal. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to look, and when you said back at the brink circle, I'm like, damn, he do got it too. He got yeah. that money with no problem at all. No question. But I think when you look at the two teams, right? Right. You look at or, or, or team and Kawhi. What do you think early on? <sighs> Kawhi's Kawhi. No matter where he goes, he's going to be Kawhi. But Toronto what has been mean? a what he's going mean, to Kawhi's be a star. Kawhi. He's going to be a star no where he, no matter where he goes. But he didn't win the championship by himself. Mm-hmm. They they obviously helped him finish the deal. Van he Blee led some huge, huge, shots. And, and they led the charge. Kyle Lowry all of a sudden showed up. He led the charge. Siakam, is Siakam showed up now? But if you look at this season, this year alone. Forget him. This season, this year alone, they played Brooklyn last night. They did what they were supposed to do. They beat them down. And when you look at the box scores, it'll show you exactly what they are. Now, you can go ahead, Mr. Basketball Superstar. I'm just going to say this. Basketball purists know that one can't do 
without the other. Okay, we we know that they're a team, and, and if you're asking the question reasonably, but but here's the difference. Let me, let me so finish, for me, Keith, no, now I'm chime Keith, back gonna, in. Nope, I'm gonna chime back in. Go ahead, Keyshawn. It's it's the your name's the, the, the difference. Show first. Uh, stop, because <laughs> you're gonna make me sound like a bully. And then so. It's not like when LeBron left Cleveland, right? When LeBron left Cleveland, they completely just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Toronto's still cooking is all I'm saying. Now, Do you want to hear my perspective? Yeah, now? I'm going to listen to you now. Go. Okay. So reasonably, I understand that. Wait, but that no, makes no. sense. Reasonably, that makes sense. All I'm saying is this was a different Toronto team before when they had DeMar DeRozan. And I don't know if you know much about those days, and they did no, well, I do. but I they do. can never get over, over the, the hump. Over the hump with those they two in the backcourt. They can never get over the hump with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. You bring in Kawhi Leonard for one year. You give Usai Majuri, the GM for the Raptors, so much credit yes. for that, for making that move, making a that risky, gamble. A risky gamble, a risky, a risky move. move. He comes in. All of a sudden, this franchise changes drastically. That shot that he made over the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, that had Joel Embiid crying when he left the stadium, mm-hmm. was one of the most iconic shots in Toronto Raptors basketball history. History. So, yes, they are a really good team. Do they have a chance to win it this year? Yes, because Pascal Siakam has gotten a chance to watch Kawhi Leonard raise them to a different level and learn that way. But they don't do that without Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a defending champion. But what But what if, Z, what if they get back to the championship without Kawhi and meet him in the championship? Or, oh, what, if the Clippers, that. or what if the Clippers don't get there Ooh. and Toronto gets there? By the way, I would love to see that. I would love to see Kawhi go against his team. It's almost like Yoda going against a young Skywalker, right? <laughs> it's like, hey. But, it, was, but it, won't, it, won't, it will not be any real drama there, right? Because he left. Everything's cool. Everybody's, we love you. You did great for us. It's not any oh, adversary no. relationship no, there, come right? Come on, Kyle Lowry has it. He has that pit bull in him. No, but so I mean, just I'm just Leap. talking about. I'm just talking about from the city to the country. It, it they wanted the championship. They love the fact that Kawhi was able to deliver it for him. So there's no. This is not like. But there really isn't going to be a feud with anybody coming out of the East and the West. Like what teams out of the no, East and I'm the West don't like I'm, each I'm other? I'm just talking about from a personal standpoint with Kawhi in Toronto. You don't the think team. there will be drama? I don't think so. I don't think you're gonna get Keyshawn that. Keyshawn Johnson. The whole year. Man, this, ain't, this is not like me leaving about. the Jets and going to Tampa. There's no, there was nothing there. We, was, we, were, we didn't like each other how I left the team. That's not the situation. They knew Kawhi was going to leave. You don't think that everybody on the Raptors, all they hear all year long is that the only reason they want it it's because, because of Kawhi? Yes. Yeah, so you don't think that's going to play into well, some the kind truth, of drama? It's the truth, though, to a degree. It, okay, so prove that's to what I'm degree. saying. You're giving them all the ammunition in the world to prove that theory wrong. Okay, Z. Okay, let me give you one stat that could maybe make Raptors fans feel a little bit better. So last year, over the course of 82 games, when they had Kawhi for the full season after Masai pulled the trigger to make the move, they won 58 games. So that's 58 wins in a full 82-game season. This year, because of the truncated schedule, the Raptors played 72 games, and they won 53. So bottom line, if the Raptors played 82 games this year, there's a better chance they would have a better record without Kawhi this year than they did with him last year. Why are you talking to me about the regular season? <laughs> we, know, we know what Kawhi does. We know that he, he's going to get his rest throughout the season. But we're talking about playoff Kawhi. That's a difference. I don't want to talk about the regular season. I want to talk about winning championships. That's what Kawhi Leonard does. Fair. Proof is in the playoffs, and proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Still to come, how desperate 
is one college football program to keep their 2020 season alive? Well, if you thought that there's a difference between students and student athletes, hang on for this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
It's Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti here on ESPN Radio. We're on ESPN News right now. All of good our morning. guests. Good morning to you. Appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and that includes ESPN college football analyst Greg McElroy, former national champion at the University of Alabama. It's great to have him here. Greg, good morning. I'm going to read you a headline. This is the exact headline from ESPN.com. Try not to roll your eyes when you answer the question that I'm about to pose. North Carolina shifts to full-time remote learning after outbreak. Football unaffected. Let me give you the background. 177 students in isolation, 349 in quarantine out in Chapel Hill because of the coronavirus. But it's all systems go for Mac Brown in North Carolina to face Syracuse on September 12th. What do you make of it? As a football player, I'm actually uh, bothered naturally by the numbers because there is a little bit of an acclimation period here, guys. There is. I mean, we look at the football programs in back in June, even early July, they came back to campus and there were outrageously high numbers amongst the football players in regards to positive tests. Clemson by themselves had 47 positives. So there is an acclimation period where they need to explain and teach these kids just how important their social distancing, their mask wearing, and making sure that they're mindful of their surroundings. There is a little bit of an acclimation period there. But if I'm a football player, man, I need, I recognize quickly that I personally can derail the season, not just for my team, but for everyone in the conference, for our opponents on Saturdays, and for the SEC and the Big 12, who are all three trying to go. So I know that I need to live my life within a bubble to a certain extent, not a formal bubble like the NBA is doing, but I need to live my life in a bubble with, to a certain extent. So uh, I think it's a safer environment today, knowing that they've gone exclusively to virtual learning for the football program and for the guys that are trying to play this fall and represent their school. Hey, Mac, you know that young kids, 18, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, you're asking to stay inside a bubble. What if one of these teams have to bow out of one of these conferences? Is the conference done or do they continue to just push through? I mean, I think we would have to follow and and monitor how the MLB has handled things. I mean, if you look at the Miami Marlins, they've had to deal with positive tests. And teams that they've played against have had to deal with positive tests. They've had some speed bumps along the way without question. In a shortened season, you miss a week or two. That's a significant amount of time. And trying to get those games rescheduled is going to be a logistical nightmare. So uh, I recognize that, that is it a reality that we're likely going to get 10 or 11 games from the three leagues that are trying to play? Probably not. I mean, I, I know that. The goal is to get to the starting block. Trying to play the entire season, y'all know that that's going to be really, really challenging. We all recognize that. Now, I'm optimistic. I think it's one of those things, and I know it's coach speak, and I hate saying it, but it's the reality. Man, we got to take it one week at a time. Let's get to week one. Or, hey, before we get to week one, let's get to training camp. All right, let's get to training camp. Get us through training camp. Make sure our testing protocols are good. Making sure the guys are very understanding of their surroundings and the social distancing that they need to practice when they're outside the facility. Let's make sure that these guys understand that if they're going to class, don't sit within 25 feet of anyone else in the classroom because that's a dangerous situation to be in. So, I, you know, I think that it's one of those things, man, I've always maintained – Playing football to me offered me the structure and key, you know this. What was your day like during the season? Man, I was living at the facility, living at the facility. Now, the only thing that would change in my lifestyle under the current situation would be how hard we went out and celebrated victories on Saturday nights. I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. I had to celebrate with my teams in a quarantined environment. But outside of that, uh, I think you could certainly handle uh, what's being asked of these guys and, and put forth an opportunity to give these kids a chance to compete throughout the season. 
I'm smiling because you said celebrate with your teams in a quarantine environment in college. I think that's going to be difficult to do. But, Greg, yeah. I, want, I want to get your opinion about this. So college football executive director Bill Hancock had a conversation with Vice President uh, Pence earlier this year. And he said the management committee members explained how college sports is different from pro sports, Hancock said. For example, college sports can't resume until students are back in class. What does this say now about what amateurism is and what student athletes are, considering that these students have been transitioned to online learning, but yet these athletes are being asked to stay on campus? Well, I I spent some time talking with Jay Billis this week to prepare for whatever questions you might throw at me, Jay Will. So I feel like I'm somewhat prepared to handle this discussion. Uh, it, in all seriousness, you, not, you and I both know that amateurism is a little bit of a farce. Like, we recognize that. Uh, we also recognize, too, when you are a student athlete and you're receiving tuition, scholarship, books, cost of attendance, upwards in some cases of $75,000 a year from your university, that you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Oh, uh, you have to. And don't that's, do that's, that to goes me, goes You do? Don't do it hang to on, me. Hang don't on. Hang on. Let me finish. Do it. I understand. I get it. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Now, is there opportunities, I think, in the near future to potentially allow these guys to pursue opportunities to create revenue for themselves in the name, image, and likeness? Absolutely. That's something I'm very, very excited about. I think most people are, and most former college athletes recognize that, man, I wish we had invited the apple. <laughs> so uh, I think it's one of those things. First of all, he said so in wait, class. You're, you're saying it doesn't necessarily it's okay. mean in person you're in You're okay with it, Greg? You're saying you're okay with student athletes staying on campus to continue to play football and generate revenue for the school, yet after yes. students are able to go home? I would, you're okay I would it. prefer Okay. I would prefer, personally, I would prefer to stay on campus while the students are sent home. That's just me, because I know my best opportunity. And I, Jay Will, tell me this. When you were an 18, 19, 20-year-old Kikish on YouTube, and Zubin, too, if you want to get on this will. as well. I, <laughs> I was undrafted. When, so. when you, <laughs> okay, well, fair enough, fair enough. I identified as a football player. And if you were to tell me, hey, Greg, football is not going to be a part of your life this fall, I would be devastated. See, I would. That was my sole identity. And I would have a very difficult time being told, hey, yeah, you know what? We're not going to be able to play, and I'm sorry, it's just an unsafe environment. I was better off and in a safer environment on campus going through the structure of what was provided to me by the University of Alabama. That allowed me to grow as a person, and it allowed me to fulfill my potential as a football player, and that was all I cared about. I was willing to and able to uh, understand that my situation was different from that of an average student, and I was willing to take that sacrifice and represent my school every Saturday on national television with millions of people watching. And, and that is true, but there also is such a thing called a pandemic and COVID-19 and all of the other things that we're dealing right. with in our country today, where you look at it and you say to yourself, you're okay with empty stadiums as long as they're playing football and all the revenue is going to the colleges and the universities around, I, I personally don't like it. I think that they should just stop it right now, run it back September of 2021, get a handle on this. Why force the issue? Why continue to force the issue? And for those that are arguing that, like myself, what if something catastrophic happens to somebody in a member of the athletic department? What type of liability would that be, Greg? Well, there's an awful lot of liability. I think that's a big reason why a lot of people have chosen not to play. 
That's why I think the Big Ten opted not to play in the Pac-12 as well because of liability. And also, you referenced making millions. Every single football program, from what I've gathered throughout the course of the last few months talking about this pandemic and its effect on college athletics, everyone's operating in the deficit this year. No one's making money because there's no gate revenue, there's no attendance, there's no parking, there's no concessions. And if there is, it's very, very limited. So everyone is going to be operating in a significant deficit. But y'all... Here's my thing. Let's leave it up to the players. Like no one's, no, you don't have to play if you don't want to play. Hey, we got your scholarship that's protected, your eligibility is protected, and if you're not comfortable playing under the circumstances, by all means, y'all. Hey, y'all are good. No, no worries. Like I promise you, and I bet you there's a lot of guys that are going to think about it. If you give me clarity on my eligibility, my scholarship's still good, man. I. I'm just not comfortable playing in these environments. And you cannot hold that against anybody under the circumstances. But if we're all about empowering the player, NIL, making sure that these players have a voice, we'll give them the opportunity to have a say in their career. And at this particular point, I'm bothered by what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did because they never went to their players and say, hey, how do y'all feel about this situation? Are y'all comfortable in going? And you see what Justin Fields is doing from a petition standpoint. He obviously wants to be out there alongside most of his teammates. So I think giving the players the power to make a choice is something we should value in this ever-changing landscape that is college sports. Y'all, I, I think as former athletes would recognize that the voice of the player has never been louder. Well, let's take advantage of that right now, given the fact that their platform is, is, needs to be used uh, in an effort to save the season for the guys that do want to play. We can agree to disagree, but Greg, I, I do appreciate your points. They, they are good points. <laughs> no really question do. about that it. That is correct, Senator McElroy. <laughs> no, I really do. Good points. It's an election year, so we got to play it down the middle. No filibustering. Just tell me what you really think. You mentioned... <laughs> Greg. Greg McElroy is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, former Alabama quarterback, former national championship winning quarterback. Justin Fields, you mentioned him. He was hoping to do the same this year. Get to the college football playoff. Join Mac as a national champion that'll go down yep. in history. You talked about the way he thinks his conference, the Big Ten, is handling this versus your old conference, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, the three leagues that are still committed to playing. Let's hear Fields. He joined us yesterday on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and he compared his league to the other three and how they're handling the transparency with the coronavirus. I think if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 all think that we can have a you know season safely, then I don't see any reason why the Big Ten uh, can do the same. Like I said earlier, I think what we're doing at Ohio State is uh, very safe, and I think if we can get everybody on the same track in the conference, I think that'll be a safe way uh, to actually conduct the season. And you could hear that entire interview on our podcast that dropped yesterday in our very first show. He joined us, by the way, in hour number three. So if you're looking for that on the Internet, hour number three, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Greg, bottom line there, I think the two main points he wanted to make were transparency. Why would you release the schedule six days later yeah. and postpone the season? And two, you kind of hit on it in one of your earlier answers. Shouldn't the student athletes have a say in the future of the student athlete? I thought Fields enunciated himself really well yesterday. What are your thoughts on that, having been in those shoes and the biggest of spots in this great sport? 
Well, I, I would be desperate if I were Justin Fields. Because let's think about it, y'all. I mean, hey, going to the pros is big. And obviously, we all recognize that that's everyone's goal. We all wish that we could be Keyshawn and be the number one overall pick. Or, or Jay Will and be a top ten pick and, and make generational wealth for our families. Of course, we wish that. But ultimately, I think a lot of the guys that are playing college football, their goal was to get to college and play college football. Justin Fields, if you've talked to him privately or publicly, he'll tell you, man, hey, I have aspirations to the NFL just like everybody else. But my goal is to be a college football player. That was where I started. I'm from Georgia. I love college football, and this is a big part of who I wanted to be as I got to this age. And as a result, because the Big Ten took it into their hands and shut things down for him, he got one season as a starting quarterback in college football. One. And by the way, y'all, if I were to pick a preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy with all things considered, I would have picked Justin Fields. Heisman Trophy is worth in excess of $10 million over the lifetime uh, of the player that wins it. So we're talking about a significant amount of money that might be taken out of his hands if, in fact, Big Ten's not able to play. And I think what's frustrating, transparency is a difficult thing to get because they're making decisions and there's they don't want to necessarily throw anyone under the bus. And, well, this person voted no, this person voted yes. I think that's going to be a really challenging thing to unveil. But what's really troubling, and we've all recognized this, man, the fact that Justin Fields and his teammates, who had aspirations of winning a national championship and very real aspirations of winning a national championship, they never had a chance to even have a conversation with their president, with their AD, about whether or not they're comfortable going out there and taking the risk. This is a risk-reward proposition. We recognize that. Now, I understand, hey, the pandemic's serious. We're taking it serious. I don't leave the house without a mask. Neither do y'all. I would imagine we're all doing the best we can to try to keep this thing contained, to keep the curve flattened. But if I'm a player, it's about risk-reward. Playing football is risky. Going out and participating in football is risky. We recognize that during the pandemic or not. So is it worth the potential rewards of maybe winning a Heisman Trophy, of winning a national championship, of representing your school. That's something that each individual, I think, should be able to weigh themselves. And it should be up to Justin Fields and his family whether or not he's able to participate, not the administrators that are up in their ivory towers trying to decide what's in the best interest of the student-athletes. So uh, I have a problem with it, and I, I really hope that in the future, if these decisions are going to be made, the players at least have a seat at the table to discuss how they feel about the circumstances and whether or not considering it's their their careers that are that are really the ultimately what's being affected it's well said you're from georgia you mentioned being from georgia the irony of this whole thing is that justin fields transferred from georgia had he stayed at georgia he would be playing and starting right now instead he goes to ohio state and he might not have a season at all maybe one but that one was memorable that's our greg mcelroy greg thank you very much go dogs (laughs) thanks guys Roll Tide, I think, is probably the better one for no, him. No, I was mad. No, I know. I just I, I wanted to see if he caught me when I said Roll Dogs. Can yeah. I say something real quick, though? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I really respect Greg, and I think he brought up some very valid points. Playing football is risky, um, but he also said it's a risk reward, you know, regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. I vehemently disagree with that. I, it's a uh, football is risky. When it's not a pandemic, understood. During a pandemic, it is different. It is different. Yes, and I, I think that you have to look at this whole thing holistically. And I, I, Keisha and I both were once athletes. I've never played during a pandemic. I don't think I would play currently <laughs> right now. Yeah, I don't uh, considering that, that my daughter is immune suppressed. My mother has had two kidney transplants. She's immune suppressed. I know this is an individual decision. But ultimately, 
Is winning the Heisman, it's worth risking your life or your parents' uh, no, life? No. People around you and their no, lives? It's no, not. it's not. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. I would gladly throw away my John R. Wooden Award if that meant I was going to save the lives of my family members around me. Absolutely. Chop it up in a million different pieces. I would, uh, it, uh, being the number one pick in the draft, I'd go in the fifth round if it means saving the lives of my family and friends and people around me. It's just, I don't get the mentality that we need to push forward to play football when you're looking at it and saying to yourself, anything can happen in the worst way. Yes, I play football at the highest level. And trust me, I've been hit a million times by cars on the football field. Hmm. You know, reckless behavior. Collisions. Collisions. Bam, bam. That is not the same risk as potentially contracting the virus and affecting other people. I just don't get it. Can I wrap my hands around it? You can wrap your hands around it. That's your keyism. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I don't get the mentality that we got to push forward. We must play. You know, it's risk versus reward. No, it's not. You win in the Heisman. What is that going to do for you? There's yeah. a many, many Heisman Trophy winners and many national championship winners. Yeah. Didn't go on to make money. No, not at all. And Keisha, if, I'm, if I'm putting, almost cursed, but if I'm putting my butt on the line. Right. I better be making some money. And a couple other things, too. So is not having students on campus, does that create a safer environment for the student athletes? I actually agree with them. Yes, it does. But ultimately, what that says then is that, okay, we're, you guys are at more risk because we're going to keep you guys together. You guys are going to continue to play college athletics and generate revenue for the university. Well, great, great. And this is, hold on, let me finish my point. This is where I need athletes to hear my voice on this. Stand with We Are United. Yes. Because when this is happening, now you know what it's about. Yes. If there's a time that you have more leverage than ever, it is right now to say, okay, you want us to play? You want us to stay here on campus? We need these things to happen before we move forward. And, and the, the argument about the scholarships and, and how much the scholarships cost and 75000 versus did that's cool and all. But at the end of the day, do the math. I'm bringing in millions of dollars in revenue. I can only imagine the amount of money I made for USC in the two years that I was there, the two major bowl games that we won and I went to. I can only imagine. And you saw Nary and my little my little $50,000 scholarship, is right. it, it helped me get my education. Sure. And you look at it and you say, do the math, millions of dollars, jersey sales. Even to this day, they still selling jerseys in in. Sweet boxes with pictures and names all on it, and the athlete gets zero percentage of it. And you I, know? Agree, I agree with Greg. He said most colleges are operating at a deficit. That is true. But there are the big colleges that are not operating at a deficit when you look at you how think, much money you that they're bringing Alabama's in. You think Alabama's operating Small, at a deficit? No, no. I said well, most colleges. That's why no, you know, I understand it's a most, numbers game when it, people use that, right? Well, yes. most colleges, you're not talking about the Alabama. Maybe, maybe, UConn, the maybe UConn football team is. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a, a Rutgers is. or some, Maybe not Rutgers in the Big Ten. But there's programs that are certainly operating at a deficit, but they made a whole bunch of money in prior years. So they have a nest egg. Let's not get it twisted. Well, just saying, when you're talking about the Power Five conferences, when you talk about the schools outside the Power Five conferences, and maybe some of the schools at the bottom, some of, maybe they're not making as much money, and some uh, of them are operating in, in, a deficit, but not the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the LSUs, those bigger schools. And they're certainly not spending that money either because they're not playing sports. 
So they're not, they don't have to spend the travel money, have to pay the full salaries of the coaches. They're going to, you know, get certain furloughs and things of that nature. So this argument about the university's not making money in the athletic department, they're not playing. So there's no money to be made. And Zubin, I'm all for the athlete having a voice. The athlete should have a voice. Absolutely. They should be listened to. And what I do like what we just did with Greg, that's called having a constructive conversation. And that's where I do agree with Justin Fields. I, I would like Kevin Warren to provide some transparency into how they ultimately came up with this decision. And regardless of whether they decide not to play or not, they should have that conversation. The athletes are owed that conversation. No, you should, you should, have, you should have a conversation, but I go back to you're dealing with young football players I agree with that you. are young athletes in general that are going to want to take the field. They just – because they, they don't look at – the end game. They look at the now, the, the the Heisman Trophy, the national championship, the front cover of a magazine. They don't understand the future and and putting things at risk because they're just stuck in that moment right there. Because and another thing is you're getting the push from coaches. You you know we want to play football. We want to do so. You also look at that as I'm letting my team down. I'm letting my coach down, and it's a lot of pressure on these young kids. It just is. And I know that people say, well, they, they need a voice. No one went to them and, and, and talked to them about the way that they feel about it. In this situation, yeah, you could have that conversation, but do you have that conversation for the sake of just having it, even knowing your mind, you are Kevin Warren, already knew that he was pushing through and they were not going to play? Why even have the conversation if you already knew that? And we've been having that conversation for the sake of conversation for the longest time. Just, just to, to be have doing it. it. Just, just to, to have, have it. it. Yeah, if you want to do it, just to do it, do it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. NBA quadruple header on the way, starting with the Magic and the Bucks. But what would a title mean for Kawhi? to cement his legacy. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.